We but mirror the world. All the tendencies present in the outer world are to be found within us. If we change ourselves, the tendencies in the world will also change. This paraphrased quote from Mahatma Gandhi is the basis of the program you are about to hear. I'm Dedalian, and this is Shining Stars, a program dedicated to searching out and bringing attention to individuals and organizations that are fostering positive change within our community and within our world. Thank you for joining me here on Shining Stars. Like many U.S. cities since the beginning of the pandemic, Lansing experienced a surge in violence. Uh, during 2020 and 2021, the capital city witnessed a record number of homicides. A good portion of the increased violence involved teenagers, both as victims and offenders. This increase in violence prompted officials to search for a solution and a request for proposal was issued in July of 2021. Emerging from that initiative was a nonprofit known as Advance Peace, an organization dedicated to ending gun violence in America. To explain the details behind Advance Peace, joining me via video conference is Michigan Public Health Institute Chief Strategy Officer, Dr. Paul Elam. Welcome to the show, Dr. Elam. Thank you for having me. Glad to be here with you today. So I kind of touched on it a little bit in the introduction there as far as the mission of Advanced Peace goes. It's to end gun violence in America. Very broad statement there on my part. Uh, Can you provide a little bit more detailed explanation of Advanced Peace's mission and the approach that it utilizes? Absolutely. And I just want to clarify one thing you said. Actually, MPHI uh, was selected at the end of the RFP process to implement the National Gun Violence Initiative uh, that is being led by Advanced Peace. So uh, it was actually one of the questions I've got for you <laughs> later on. So absolutely, because I found I found it a little bit confusing, and I'm hoping that we can clarify a lot of that with this uh, conversation. A- absolutely. So so let me start there. Um, Advanced Peace is an evidence-based model which reduces uh, violence and. Uh, that violence is specifically focused on uh, cyclical and retaliatory gun violence. Mm-hmm. Um, it was started in Sacramento, California, and based on research and evaluation conducted there, they were able to reduce firearm assaults by 50% and firearm-related homicides by 50% over a four-year period by implementing what they call a peacemaker fellowship. And uh, since that initial implementation in Sacramento, uh, this initiative has been expanded to multiple sites throughout the country, one in Richmond, California, Stockton, California. Uh, They're establishing initiatives in Fresno, Woodland, both in California, Fort Worth, Texas, Rochester, New York, Orlando, Florida, New York City, and obviously here in Lansing itself. And uh, the, the, the whole purpose is to try to get upstream. We call it a community-based or public health approach to target the individuals who are directly involved in perpetrating these violent crimes using firearms. Mm-hmm. Um, not working on the periphery of them, but uh, really working with active shooters. And so uh, our effort is 
uh, laser focused on reaching these active shooters, trying to develop relationship with them and compelling them to change their lives by joining our Peacemaker Fellowship. Very good. Uh, so you kind of said it a little bit that, uh, that, that Michigan Public Health Institute was actually chosen for it. Uh, but I, I know that there was uh, other organizations that were considered. So why exactly was the Michigan Public Health Institute chosen? That, that's a great uh, question. Uh, the advanced peace uh, model, when it showed up to Lansing, encouraged our community to do its due diligence to identify nonprofit organizations uh, that were based in the community uh, who would be interested in applying to do this work. And so uh, Ingham County initiated that RFP process and nonprofits applied and uh, a couple of nonprofits that made it through that process uh, were actually identified through the RFP process and they were engaged in orientation and training with advanced peace. And so they flew out to California, did some training. They had some uh, site visits here in Lansing. They, they went down south to do some additional training and it was advanced peace who assessed where these organizations were in their developmental process and felt that they were not ready to, uh, sort of be the local operator for this project uh, for several reasons. And so uh, one of the questions was who could do this work? I think we all know in organizational development, you have organizations that are forming and storming and norming and they get to a point where they can perform. Um, and so we're supporting that work as well as trying to implement the model. And so uh, they, they reached out to MPHI, AP and uh, the nonprofit leaders in the county, and because we were already at the table supporting the work by sort of uh, being a, a community partner in the initiative, we actually serve as the evaluator of the initiative. Um, we agreed to step up to the plate based on the request of the community. We were created 30 years ago uh, to provide capacity and innovation and uh, thought partnership with public health organizations at the federal, state, and local level, and we see this as an opportunity to, co to continue to do that work. We, we are operating in all 50 states, uh, providing that capacity, and this is our hometown, so it, it's a privilege and an honor to support our community with uh, something that we really think is a threat to public health in our community. Dr. Elam, when I was researching it, it seems like Advanced Peace works in phases, could you explain that approach a little bit and kind of the point that we're at now? Yeah, I, I think in terms of phases, what, what we have to do is build the community's capacity uh, to actually establish a Peacemaker Fellowship. And so the first thing we were asked to do was establish a office uh, within the targeted community, which is here in Lansing. And so we've done that. We've staffed that office. We've outfitted that office so uh, that we have a place to operate out of in Lansing. Uh, the second thing we had to do was uh, recruit and hire what we call neighborhood change agents. It is their responsibility uh, to work in the community and identify uh, who the individuals are who are engaged in cyclical and retaliatory gun violence. And so we call that street outreach. Okay. Uh, these NCAs uh, will be 
working daily to seek out and connect with individuals who are most likely to be perpetrators or victims of gun violence. And uh, they're asked to make daily contacts uh, with, with potential participants in our Peacemaker Fellowship and be available to them on a 24-hour basis with the goal of establishing trust and building long-term relationships. And these daily contacts may include uh, in-person engagement, uh, phone calls, text messages, for the sole purpose of providing guidance to these individuals, mentoring, and checking on their safety and well-being. Um, this also includes outreach and communication with their family members and community members in order to build uh, support around these individuals when maybe the NCAs are not uh, contacting them, and to also identify resources that will be available to them to support uh, their well-being. And also, I think finally, to get more information on conflicts that might be occurring within the community um, so that we can uh, try our best to prevent new acts of gun violence. And so we're in the phase of uh, doing that work. We've hired three neighborhood change agents. We announced that last Thursday, and uh, they are now actively doing that work I just described to identify 15 to 20 individuals who would actually be willing to participate in our Peacemaker Fellowship. And the goal is to have those individuals identified uh, within the next 60 days so that we can launch the formal uh, first cohort of Peacemaker uh, Fellows here in Lansing, Michigan in the month of November. What I really like about this initiative is, is the fact that it uses more of a personal approach or um, a connection, if you will, uh, as compared to other approaches that I've seen in the past. So I'm really I love that idea. Yeah. Now, if I could add to it, in addition to the NCAs, the advanced peace approach uh, offers intergenerational mentoring. Um, and that means that we're going to connect these individuals with what we call elders, which are made up of male volunteers that are 40 years of age or older, who will provide intergenerational mentoring for our peacemaker fellow. They'll meet with them monthly develop relationships and provide guidance and talk about issues around family dynamics, help them deal with conflict, uh, think about the collateral consequences of violence, and also provide assistance to these participants to help them search for jobs and uh, think about long-term issues, right? A lot of these guys live in the short term. We'll, we'll also provide intensive case management uh, with, with these individuals. We'll provide them with life skills training and cognitive behavioral therapy. Um, we do need to do some direct work on their thinking and attitudes and uh, behavior. You know, this is this is really criminal behavior, and we need to get them out of that lifestyle. And so the cognitive behavioral therapy will help with that. Uh, get them trained, uh, provide employment training and, uh, to get them connected with internships. And we'll also take them... Um, on trips to get them outside of Lansing to, to see a, a, a better life, a, a brighter future, uh, exposing to some things that maybe they've not seen um, in their lives. And, and so we believe that uh, all of these things are successful in helping with the positive development of individuals. Um, and if they're successful in the first few months, this is an 18-month experience, they can even get to a point in the fellowship where they receive um, allowances for meeting certain milestones. So they, they, we have built that incentive into this experience to, to let them know that 
um, they can be financially uh, incentivized to be a part of our fellowship. Very good. Uh, you may have touched on it a little bit earlier in the uh, conversation, but statistically speaking, what have the success rates been elsewhere and what do you anticipate seeing here in uh, this area? Yeah, that's, that's a great question. So obviously all of the sites that I mentioned, um, some have been around longer than others, but uh, Sacramento, as I mentioned, 50% reductions in uh, firearm assaults and homicides. I think in Richmond, California, we've seen about the same 50, 55% decrease in firearm homicides. They also looked at hospitalizations. Um, that study was uh, a six-year study. The Sacramento study was about four years. Um, we saw uh, a 21% reduction in gun homicides and assaults in Stockton, California, uh, over a three-year period. And so based on that body of evidence, uh, Lansing is targeting a 40% reduction in cyclical and retaliatory gun violence in Lansing uh, over the next three years. So our official launch date uh, will be November when we launch this Peacemaker Fellowship, and uh, we'll be tracking the numbers from that point. Uh, for the next three years. So that 40%, is that based off of uh, what we've seen over the last couple of years? Yeah, so we, we've tracked uh, where we've been since 2018, working with the Lansing Police Department. And in 2021, mm -hmm. uh, we had our highest numbers. Um, this year, through the month of August, uh, we've actually already seen a 50% reduction from last year's numbers. Um, and so if we're able to um, have a pretty successful fourth quarter of this calendar year, we, we think we can see a 40% reduction uh, from last year's numbers. And, and we want to continue to maintain that. But, mm -hmm. you know, we don't want to um, say that we can attribute that reduction to uh, the work we've been doing here in, through Advanced Peace because uh, we've not necessarily implemented the model just yet, but we do want to say we have contributed to that reduction. We brought attention to this issue. Uh, we've gotten elected officials and our mayor and county to focus on this issue. We have been out in communities and neighborhoods talking about this issue, um, raising resources for this issue, talking to families and mothers who've been directly impacted. And we've been talking to uh, what we believe are some of the young men who are part of this uh, gun carrying violence in our community. And we believe that um, those efforts have contributed to some of the reductions that we're already seeing. But obviously, we're, we're going to initiate a formal evaluation and we'll track those numbers and report them out publicly to the community every 12 months. Seems like a pretty ambitious uh, venture, but I, 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 I know you can do it. I, I'm not even going to question it. Uh, when I was researching the project, uh, it seemed like, if I understand it correctly, and forgive me if I use the wrong terminology here, but it seemed like the uh, MHIP and Advanced Peace, it seemed like a limited time partnership, sort of. It, am I reading that correctly? And if it is, how long does that period last before you reevaluate and decide whether to continue on? Yeah, great question. And so 
the organization is really the Michigan Public Health Institute. So we say MPHI for short. Oh, set it and, uh, <laughs> there you go. I told you I'd get some terminology <laughs> right there. Uh, oh, no problem. Just just want you to understand why we call ourselves what we do. So it's uh, Michigan Public Health Institute. Mm-hmm. But we've rebranded ourselves because we're, we're, we're Michigan-based and nationally engaged. We don't just do work in Michigan. So thought we would focus on what we do. Um, as a Michigan-based and nationally engaged organization. I see. I, I would say it is time-limited at this point. We have a three-year funding commitment uh, from multiple sources, uh, the mayor's office, Ingham County. Uh, we got funding from the Michigan Enhancement Grant from the state of Michigan. We have funding from the United States Department of Justice. Um, we also have funding from uh, a local uh, foundation and Battle Creek, Battle Creek Community Foundation. And we also have uh, another significant federal grant um, from um, the Department of Justice. So that totals $2 million, and those commitments are for three years initially. Um, if, if, if we begin to see the successes that the other communities have seen, I'm quite sure we will continue to do our own fundraising. Uh, at the local, state, and federal level to sustain um, these, these numbers. And $2 million uh, might seem like a lot of money, but if I started calling out the numbers of what it costs to deal with one gunshot in our hospitals, in our jails, um, in our uh, justice system, mm-hmm. um, you will be uh, convinced that, that this is a uh, a, a small drop in the bucket if we can actually prevent those types of um, occurrences from happening in our community, right? And so, yes, we, we want to be data-driven. We want the evaluation uh, to support our decision-making. And we'll track this year-to-year, uh, year, as I mentioned, uh, so that we understand how we're progressing towards our three-year goals. Um, I'm, as you said, pretty confident uh, that this is going to work. Um, the aspects that we offer in the fellowship are already supported through literature around what youth need to uh, develop. We call it positive youth development. And so uh, these are things that any good parent would want to provide a child with. And oftentimes um, young men and women who get caught up in this lifestyle were simply denied uh, these types of opportunities and weren't exposed to these opportunities, didn't have good parenting. We use the term rehabilitation often, but uh, what I've observed is uh, many of our youth have, were never habilitated. They they never started out on a good path based on the way they, they were raised. And so this is our opportunity to intervene as a community and, and connect them with a different outcome uh, through a intervention like this very good very good uh, so if folks want to get more information about uh, the local uh, initiative what, where would they go to do that absolutely we have established a, a formal website uh, for the advanced peace lansing initiative it it is located at advanced peace lansing ingham.org very good uh, advanced peace lansing ingham.org we provide a little bit of information about what i just shared with you today and then there's the tab for contact us if you put your information there uh it will come directly to our staff and we will be in touch with you 
Okay. And for those listening on the uh, radio portion of this, uh, that will be up on the uh, podcast uh, platform, lccconnect.org for you. And uh, I do have one more question before we wrap things up, but I want to thank you very much for taking time out of your busy schedule to talk to me. And I wish you the greatest of luck in this initiative. I, I am, it's definitely something that's needed and I'm glad somebody's fronting this up. So thank you. Thank you. Final question of the day. Uh, the, Usually my show is a little bit more conceptual throughout. This was a little bit more straightforward than I'm used to, but that does not mean you do not get out of the final question. The last question that I ask of all my guests, if you had the ability to snap your fingers and put one thought into the collective consciousness of the entire human race at the same time, what would that thought be? Wow. Wow. Uh, That is a wonderful question. I, I really think um, I would begin to talk about uh, the value of us as, as uh, the human race and individuals. Um, in my day-to-day work, I do a lot of uh, facilitated dialogue and training with organizations and organizational leaders around culture and equity. And uh, what I find is we have all been socialized in so many different ways and developed worldviews and mental models um, that in some way divide us. And uh, whether it be around class or geography or race or religion or uh, political affiliation. And if if I had my uh, wishes, I would try to get us to uh, prioritize the need to work across difference. Just because we see things differently, believe things differently, does not mean that we still can't work together to to create a a space where we can all come up with some common issues and and advance them together. And so that that is conceptual. It's probably philosophical and lofty, but um, I spend my time daily daily trying to uh, do that work. So... That, that is exactly the point of the question, though. Absolutely. Dr. Elam, thank you very much for uh, taking the time once again, and uh, go ahead and snap those fingers and make that happen. I appreciate it. I'm going to do my best. Remember, we can all contribute something good to this world. No matter how big or how small, a simple smile or a friendly gesture is all it takes to expand positivity one inch further. Thanks so much for listening to Shining Stars and, of course, sharing your time with me today. I'm Dedalian, and you can listen to this episode of Shining Stars On Demand along with other LCC Connect programs at lccconnect.org. 